Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Hilda, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Michelle Ander. Hello. Alex Bonilla. Hola. And Steve Zeck. How you do, mates? Why? Why? What is that? How does that relate to Hilda? Hilda. Okay, that was an English accent. Yes. Uh, Not good. good. Okay, so yes, we are talking (laughs) Hilda today, the new Netflix original series created by Luke Pearson based off of his uh, graphic novels. Uh, Came out this weekend on Netflix, all 13 episodes, and we have binged it, and we are giving you our season-long recap of Hilda, giving our thoughts on the entire season. Um, We talk about uh, other animated shows here at the Overly Animated Podcast. Find us at OverlyAnimated.com, or find us on iTunes, OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, or on YouTube, youtube.com slash overly animated. Um, we're going to be starting off in non-spoiler territory here. So if you have not seen Hilda, you want to hear our recommendation on whether you should check it out or not. You can listen until I explicitly say we're getting into spoilers for the whole season. Um, but also it's not a show with too many spoilers, so not too much to worry about here. Um, but eventually I will say spoilers and we'll have spoilers for the entire first season of Hilda. Okay. So, um, let's get into things. Uh, we've, we've recently watched the series. Michelle, what are your overall takes on Hilda? Oh, man, I think we can all agree that when we saw the initial promo trailer launch for this about two weeks, I think, before it dropped, I was so blown away. Just like the quality, like the animation, the cuts they chose, like it just like felt so epic. And I was like, what? Why have I not heard about the show until September? Like this, this looks amazing. So I was really, really high on it and it did not disappoint. It's got like some of the most gorgeous like color palettes of a show I've seen in recent memory. The animation is so good and the characters are so good. And, and, you know, I, like, I was trying to keep up with mine. I'm like, okay, so there's like monsters or something. Maybe people are going to fight some monsters, but like, no, like killed up with friends, some monsters. And she has to deal with, like, moving to a community that, like, kind of is okay with some magical stuff, but not all, which is interesting. And, like, there was even, like, inner character drama and people, like, not being friends for a while. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm eating up all this character stuff. It's so good. So I think this is a really good first season. And it makes me really want to read the book it was based off of now because this was just, like, so enjoyable. Yeah, mul- multiple graphic novels on it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Does, uh, uh, have any of us um, read any of the Hilda graphic novels? No, right? no, yeah. no. I no. didn't know they were a thing until this. Yeah, so we're <laughs> so we're going in from the perspective of only having seen the show. I do think that's important. Yeah, I'm curious um, about how the books differ from the series. Yeah, it would be interesting to check out <laughs> having seen it. All right, cool. Um, Alex, what did you think of Hilda? Uh, well, ma- mentioning that they come from graphic novels, I-, I will say that this show, more than any show I've uh, I've watched, feels like it's directly coming from a book. Like the animation yeah. just feels very graphic novely, comic booky in a way. So I, I like that it, it looks a little unique in that sense. Uh, Hilda is just a character that's very charming. She has a pep in her step for like every episode. And they try to add some extra stuff to her character as the series goes along to not make her just like a, a blank character, but like try to add stuff onto her from where she starts versus where she ends. Uh, I really love the relationship between her and her mother. I feel like that's mm-hmm. something that we don't get that often in animation, or at least as much as I I, I like. So it's just seeing a, a very healthy and understanding relationship on both sides is very nice to see. Um, the the the, the, ma- the magic stuff is also just a, a nice uh, spice to, to add to the show. 
I think that as I was watching the season, it kind of lost steam as he was going along. I feel like the first half is stronger than the second half. But I still think that there's a lot to like in, in this show. It's a, it, it's a great com- uh, comfort food is, like, I, I think, the kind of category I would put this kind of show in. Nice. Comfort food. Says Very Alex comfy. Yeah. Com- comfy yeah. show, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, Steve, what do you think of Hilda? Oh. I loved it. it. It was so much fun to watch. Um, it's yeah. Well, some of the shows is like it's not as dramatic as some other shows we cover. So this is like a nice little you know breather type of show. Um, I kind of like the universe and how like we have all these like strange creatures and myst- magical objects and stuff. And it's like not a secret. Everyone like knows about it for the most part. It's like. It's like uh, it's like Steven Universe or Star Force versus the Forces of Evil with that type of way of abnormal stuff in our world is in their universe normal. And also, I noticed Hilda's hair is like as blue, while everyone else has like normal hair colors. Uh, yeah, Steve. it's a little and anime. I, that's okay. And you know, I, and thing I'm wondering how it differs from the book. I'm kind of wondering in the book. If Hilda's mom, who is named in like episode five, I wonder if in the book she has no name and just called mom throughout the books. And in this one, they had no choice because the different narrative structure opposed to a children's book. I'm but glad you're have... speculating on a book that exists out there that you could just. Yeah. Look <laughs> yeah, up I, I haven't read it yet, but I'm just curious if that. They, I'm curious though, also, are these direct, these stories direct adaptations from the books? Or is just the characters adapted? Yes, well, we we can we can yes we can read we could read the books and find out. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I loved it, and I can't wait for season two. Hopefully, we get season two and more. Give me more Hilda, please. <laughs> Give me more Hilda, please, says Steve. Okay, no no word yet on if there is even intended to be a season two of Hilda. Not clear at this time. Um, okay, I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna go even even stronger here. I think I think Hilda is a visual triumph. Like, I think this is maybe the visually strongest show I've ever seen. I mean, like, I'm talking like Samurai Jack season five levels of, uh, oh. of incredible visuals in this show. Um, just, and also just the combination of the, all the sound and the visuals in this is, uh, the overall aesthetic that the show achieves, I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, we mentioned the color palettes. That's something we're going to get into, um, combined with, uh, you know, just the, the backgrounds, the overall, the, the character models, the, the, uh, the sound the show has, the use of songs in it. Um, it's, it's, it's incredible. Like the show is really good. Um, and it's, it's, it's so, it's incredible that it's so good right away, uh, which is something we've said about a few other shows recently. Like shows are getting stronger at, um, being like, at achieving heights faster. Um, Hilda is, uh, I, I would argue like Hilda's best episodes, like are the first ones. Um, and it's, it's, it's immediately fantastic. Um, like narratively, I think the show is also really solid. I think the world is great. The characters are great. Um, it doesn't try to do a lot. Um, it's definitely not like a typical Netflix binge show that you would have to watch one after another. There's some serialization towards the end and in the beginning, but um, the middle of the show is very um, episodic, not really too too much too much uh, uh, occurring one after another. Um, and I think like uh, that's the reason why it's not. I guess that if anything holds it back, you know, I think it's a little bit of the the episode stories. Like it's still really good writing and really solid, um, but it's not. You know, it's not trying to do anything. Um, it's like it achieves like this 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 like viewing like experience i feel like that hard to get so quickly from a show it's it's like it's really unique 
Um, and uh, definitely like a Craig of the Creek type comfiness as Alex got into. But I, I definitely like think this is something any close to like a must check out at the very least, even if it doesn't end up being your cup of tea, maybe it's like not as uh, narrative heavy um, as, as you might, uh, as you might want from a show. I think it just, uh, it's, it's just really fantastic. Um, did you like the theme song as much as I yeah. did? Yeah, I think I, I think the theme it. song is something that we could Im- immediately get into. I think this show has like maybe the best theme like sequence I've ever seen. Um, just like oh, a so disagree for me. You know, I, oh, I like it. The combination every, of so like clean. the, the, yeah, the, the transitions, and, uh, yeah, the colors. Yeah. Like, every, I love that stuff. And every time I give one episode to the next and Netflix just like automatically skip the intro, I always rewind back. Yeah, you got to so go back. The intro. And, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. I, I just think that the intro moves way too fast. The music, while it's like airy, which fits the vibe of the show, like it's not interesting enough for me to want to listen to it every time. So like I was happy to hit skip yeah. intro on that. Like, bad decision. No skip uh, intro. Uh, yeah, no. uh, you, Look, other, other, the there are other shows theme. that have intros that hold on shots that make you interested in the show. Like this, it goes bad. Like she's running through every single oh. setting that you see in this show, which is fine like for like the first episode but i just don't want to see that over and over again oh, alex you fiend <laughs> i mean that is kind of what the star intro does like a lot but right the star it's holds on the shots at okay. least a this little is, bit this longer. is to me this is like that's, uh, that's leaps true. and bounds above the star intro yeah. or anything else like this is a work of art i think this well i want to i want to so high on this show it's this instrumental is, i love it's kind of calm instrumental you can't Never get tired of that for me. Yeah, yeah just the, the intro specifically. I, I have more thoughts on the intro, but I'm a, we can we can, let's get into spoilers, I guess, because the intro actually does have spoilers. So, um, we'll <laughs> we'll uh, get into spoilers for all of Hilda season one. Tune out if you have not watched it yet. Um, but yeah, okay, get, getting into spoilers here. What I didn't notice this until I'd seen every episode, but I went back and there's this like five to ten, ten second sequence as we pan through the entire thing, and uh, we just see every single creature that we meet in the series, like up to the hounds at the end, like everything, oh, wow. everything is in there, like, and it's like really fast, so it's hard to pinpoint. But I recommend like trying to freeze frame it, um, because uh, it's 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 really cool to see like the Nissa, the hounds, everything, everything's in there, and uh, it's it's like it's it's awesome. It was kind of like an awesome experience going back and seeing that. That I was there this entire time. You know, you know I, I think the show is maybe it's like a for younger version Gravity Falls in a bit and English. Yeah, I've seen I've seen I saw something say a tweet that say it's uh, Craig of the Creek meets Gravity Falls. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got the fantastic um fan like uh, mythical exploration elements of um of Gravity Falls and it's kind of got the day-to-day comfy vibes of Craig of the Creek. Yeah. Um, so and- it's a show kids could watch, kids of all ages could watch. Uh, Gravity Falls, I'm not too sure. Some of the images might be a little too scary for them. Yeah, I think the show does go a little bit dark at times, which is yeah. uh, really nice, and it's really part of its <laughs> its visual appeal too. Um, kind of just its overall aesthetic, and it's similar to Gravity Falls in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Michelle, what do you like? Uh, what do you think jumps out at you as some of the strongest uh, elements of the show? Is it the visuals? I mean, the visuals are just kind of like that's part of what makes it so comfy right you can just like have this eye candy and this this awesome soundtrack going on and just kind of like sit down with your tea and watch an episode and just feel good which is definitely like you know that's still very important i do think one thing i was thinking about is something alex was saying about hilda's relationship with her mom because i didn't bring that up initially but going through this episodes like that definitely stuck out and one thing i will say to give this show credit for is that it doesn't fall into the territory of having a lot of like you know specific tropes for things 
like when she meets the kids that throw rocks at the birds, like they don't become these like huge antagonist bullies the way I was expecting them to. I was afraid her mom was like going to stop trusting her and that she wouldn't be able to see a lot of the magic, but she's like right in there, like helping her plan stuff the whole time. And their bond is really important and highlighted. And like Alex was saying, like that's a really nice thing to see so well flushed out and made a priority in the show so I definitely want to give props for that because it's just yeah plus there are just like so many good girl characters in the show and that was like constantly a pleasant surprise because David's like kind of the only boy we really spend a lot of time with in the majority of the show who's like a human anyway and that's like pretty cool to me um I know there's one thing in the magic house episode when Hilda saw all like her like her mom and all her friends one thing missing, mm-hmm. we never see her dad, a picture of her dad in that yeah. magic house. Yeah, so I think I think that's something that's striking about the show is that it's a show about um, a girl with a, a single mom. And we never, ever make any mention or like any like attempt to to reference the, the father. I feel like I've almost never seen that. Yeah. Before. And they actually do like single mom jokes in, in this do. show, like in the school. It's like, oh, it's amazing. You can raise your kid being single mother. And she like, like ro- ah. rolls her eyes. Yeah. But like the fact that they, they mention it, like, you know, so like matter of factly. So it, it's a nice thing to have. One thing I noticed is the time frame is very, seems very dated in this world. Like you have like a 4-3 TV. You had VCRs tape players and we have them using landlines more so I, I don't think i've seen a cell phone in this show but you yeah. do have email so it's interesting that's why i remember the episode when she gets the page out of the book i'm like yeah she could just take a photo of that on her phone but nope she goes to the copy machine and she prints out a photocopy yeah i'm unclear if so, it's like yeah. T- yeah if it's like 2000 or if it's just like rural so it's yeah, yeah. um but yeah not yeah not um i think that i think that fits the like uh country like uh, countryside like vibe of the show even though we go to the city i feel like it still kind of maintains that air to it um yeah alex what's something that stands out to you um uh, that we is it uh the, the visuals most uh you, you i know you were um enthusiastic also about the mother-daughter relationship well, yeah, for for me, it's mostly Hilda the character and like her curiosity, like her interacting with the ma- magical creatures. That's what got me like, oh, OK, this is a cute show, especially in the first episodes where like we see her just out in her natural habitat and her, her initially getting used to the city atmosphere while still handling other ma- magic stuff around. Like, I, I just like Hilda as a character. I, I feel like she she's in- interesting to follow around. She's got her, her nice uh, way of speaking. Uh, she manages to uh, um, be... But she, uh, she manages to get get things fixed while not necessarily always being nice no matter what. Like she does also get moments of frustration, which I think is a nice thing to have. But at the same time, she always ends up yeah. being a peacemaker. So I, I just I, I like how Hilda is presented from the very beginning. It feels like the show has her character down pat. It that's to be expected given that they have like five or six graphic novels to base off of. But I I like that her character seems very set from the from the get go. And but at the same time, throughout the series, we see her getting used to a new a new situation, getting used to talking to other humans, which seems to be a stumbling block for her, and is somewhat relatable as a person with social anxiety. So I I enjoy that very much, and I, I for me, Hilda herself is the strongest part of the show, more so than the aesthetic, more so than the magical elements. It's Hilda the reason you should be watching this. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, Michelle. What did you think of Hilda, the character? 
I I really like her too. I like her her willingness to just kind of take on any challenge and like to like be called out honestly when she does mess up sometimes. Like she's she's for the most part willing to just like try to do the right thing even if that's not necessarily the easiest or maybe even best thing to do. And I don't I this is a small thing but I find her accent so charming and mm. I loved a lot of the accents in the show. It was just, like, refreshing to hear. Um, I mean, like, I, I think she's... She has, like, more personality than a lot of protagonists, I will say. Um, but she also still isn't, like... I feel like, you know, Frida comes off very particularly. And David, maybe, to a lesser extent. But um, Hilda's definitely still got a personality. Like, she's very adventurous. She's good with creatures. She asks a lot of questions. She doesn't necessarily play by the rules when the rules don't make sense to her. And that can cause her a lot of trouble when she's in a more, like, you know, normal society. But, like, that's also, like, it makes her, like, more of a wild child and more willing to, like, do things a different way. And, like, that's part of the appeal of her. And that's, like, part of what her mom was saying, too. Because I remember the episode where the teacher's like, eh, she, ha- she might have to go to the other classroom. I don't know about this. And she's like, no, like you can't take her away from these friends. Like these friends are helping her learn all these things, and these friends are so good for her. And I think like that's true, but also Hilda's like so good for Frida and David at the same time. She's getting them out of their own comfort zones and her own way. And like that feels like a really nice give and take in their relationship as a whole. Mm. Yeah, Steve, what do you think of the character? Oh, I, I love the character. Um, um, you all made him interesting point out he's adventurous stuff. She must be a little bit more of a more in control, reserved star butterfly, and how she is like adventurous and stuff. But I think when she gets to the city, she she's still she's still like a very polite and very reserved. I love her accent as well. Hilda Hilda's voiced by uh, Bella Ramsey, who's uh, iconically Liana Mormont on Game of Thrones. Um, this uh, if, if people who watch that show definitely know who that character is. So it's very cool seeing her. Um, do like this incredible voice work and, here, and I and I like yeah, I how she definitely has sort of a cool head, like, um, like happened like like when she and Frida kind of had that falling out. They're both very yeah. like she just really like just gave her her space, she didn't hold like a grudge or anything, and just you know just be like mad and just screw her like like other characters might do that and have this whole arc and stuff and think. And the thing is though, next time Hilda and Frida were saw each other again they were again still civil and stuff it's like it, it didn't make it a whole big drama thing so i give the show credit for that and and hilda's question for her mom is definitely very good um sometimes i feel like hilda is as much as a parent to her mom as her mom is to her sometimes i think they had dynamic partnership i just love and and she just like uh she could almost befriend anybody, like any creature in this show. I, I don't think there's one creature in this series that she hasn't at least me- had at least some sort of a positive relationship with. Yeah, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think that's a great aspect of her is her interacting with all the various fantasy creatures. Um, I like the comparison to Star, yeah, independent and like adventurous, uh, much like Star. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, she's just a extremely sympathetic, uh, lead to the show. She like really stands out in the beginning of the show and a little bit gives way to some other factors, um, in the second half, but, uh, she's, uh, she's just really fantastic throughout. Um, and I think like, uh, t- talking, getting into her mom a little bit too, apparently Joanna named, yeah. um, but mostly <laughs> she's just mum. And, yeah. uh, yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, very endearing. 
Yeah, I think I think I think she's like a really strong character in her own. Like she, we we learn a lot about slowly, like learn a lot about her and her situation, some of her past, and uh, her interactions with Hilda um, are always like really endearing. I, I will say that the fun, for me, what the mother uh, Hilda relationship gives up is one of uh, mutual trust. Like, and that's something that I feel like the, this is a portrayal of what the ideal parents child relationship would be. Right, like the child o- obeys the, the parents to extent but at the same time the parent also listens to the child when the child has mm-hmm. a point and i feel like if in a lot of shows what it, what happens is the child has a point the parents ignore them for a long time yeah. until like the very end of the episode say like, oh you were right all along but then next time the, the same thing happens over and over again mm-hmm. but like here it feels like it uh, um, johanna trusts hilda a lot and is willing to like have meaningful adult level conversations with her which is also something that needs to be done between the parent and the child if you're yeah. if you want to have a healthy relationship uh, uh the one scene that comes to mind is uh, them at the top of that tower uh, because uh, the mom uh, mom is trying to get Hilda used to the city and Hilda isn't really having it mom is like i'm i'm sorry that it's not really working and i'm sorry if i'm pressuring you sort of thing and hilda is like no I'll, I'll get used to it eventually but like just having open conversation like that is something that i feel like we don't have enough of in children's media and something that i uh, i really love about this this show but I, I also like later on in the series like mo- uh, mom does actually end up like scolding uh, Hilda too to and in justified situations like when she's like r- running off without tell- telling her for like several days or something like that it's like <laughs> well, what were you thinking but like it, it's it, but it's not in a way where the grudge is held for so long so it feels like that that part is earned and Hilda understands that so just all in all I think that it's a very balanced portrayal of what a, a parent child relationship should be yeah. like and it's because of that it makes it so delightful to watch from beginning to end I like to, that there's very little to no secrets between them. Um, they're pretty much great communication, which is last sometimes you don't see in a lot of other shows. Like either the kids have like a secret, like keeping from their parents, or the parents keeping secrets from the kids, you know, to protect them and stuff. So they're very upfront with each other, which is something, it's just a nice breath of fresh air. Yeah, I was just going to echo, very, very healthy relationship presented. Say, like, there's not really a use of a punishment system between her mom and Hilda, and I think that's a part of why their relationship is so strong, because, yeah, Hilda does do things wrong, but her mom, like, even if she does the wrong thing, like, her mom understands that Hilda knows that, and it's going to get better, and so there isn't, like, this feeling of, like, oh, I now I have to punish you, you did the thing, don't do bad things again, like, in the Tide Mice episode, I remember the end, and her mom's just like, after they finally get the soul situation sorted out, and her mom's like really upset. She's like, Oh my god, Hilda was so dangerous. Like, I can't believe you did that. What were you thinking? She's like, Oh, I was trying to like do a nice thing for you. And she's like, kind of taking it back. She's like, Oh, well, that's actually really sweet. But still, like, next time, don't don't do something like that. So, like, even that didn't really earn her a punishment. And I think that's kind of significant too. It's like her mom doesn't feel the need to punish her to make her understand when she does something wrong. And that feels very refreshing too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very, yeah, I agree. Refreshing, uh, healthy, like parent, uh, child dynamic that's presented just the mom in general, just like this, uh, really sympathetic character as well. That's like kind of present throughout. And I do think she mm-hmm. like gets kind of a complete characterization as well. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of the, the series, like we don't know like a ton about her, but she's not just this, uh, this distant figure. 
Um, yeah, she has uh, her own struggle. She's trying to be a graphic designer, and yeah. then she has to work at the grocery store. Yeah, the hardware. Yeah, when the hardware yeah, when, store. Yeah, when that comes into play, the I think that, store. Yeah. That, yeah, that that really enhances it when we like learn what she does. Like, I think that's like kind of a big mystery for a, for mm-hmm. a little bit too. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll get into some other uh, the other characters later, but um, getting back to uh, diving a little bit deeper into the visuals of the show, I think it's what everyone's been talking about here. Um, I think the uh, as Michelle mentioned, really these, these color palettes, I think, is the the biggest thing that sticks out. Um, you know, none of us are like kind of trained animators, so it's, um, you know, we don't have technical expertise in talking about this, but, um, the, even I don't necessarily notice this stuff too, too frequently. I don't know if we've ever talked about color palettes before on this podcast, but, um, just the, the, uh, the range of colors used in various, like, uh, like types of scenes, I think is very noticeable. Like, I think the main color palette they use is based on Hilda's model. Um, and we got like the blue of her hair and then like the red of her sweater. Um, with the, with a few other colors throughout. And, uh, like that's, that's like a really striking one that's, uh, a, a lot present a lot of times. But then I think when we are there in like the shade or it's night, um, like her character's colored completely differently. She's, mm-hmm. uh, got these grays and blacks, um, and like everything has, has that, uh, color scheme to, to, uh, to them as well. Like it permeates throughout the, the backgrounds, the, the characters, mm-hmm. everything they're wearing. Like I think it's fantastic. The other time I really noticed it was when we had this, like one, the, the this one David specific um, uh, episode or scene, and then everything got like very brown, um, mm-hmm. like matching matching his model, like, and uh, uh. it re- really takes you into the the mood of the character. But it's just it's just so distinctive, I think, um, in 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 what going through the series. <clears throat> well, like it, it goes back to my description that for some, the, I guess the color palettes contribute to this, but like this is the show that feels most like it feels directly pulled from a children's book. Like it feels like that kind mm-hmm. of art that it's kind of like, lavish. In a way, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's very colorful. So, so, um, shapes are very like wrap round. There's a lot of circles, <laughs> like a, a lot of mythical creatures. Also, like the nieces at the end have like round heads. So, like the 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 um, the, the deer fox is also like <laughs> very simply drawn. But at the same time, like the because of the fact that they're simply drawn, the animation can be very smooth. So just so all like the style does make it stand out. But I think because like it it. Yeah, adding to the whole comfy aesthetic, it feels like something that I could I could read from a book rather than have it watch on a TV. Yeah, which I think is like a really endearing yeah. uh, style to come across. Like you're like you're watching a book, um, and I think it's just really like eye popping and um, just really engrosses you into into the world of the show. Um, yeah, and just the 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 backgrounds, the 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 way the characters look and interact with with everything i mean like it's it's a like it's like endearing to like when you have like these long shots and you have these uh kind of smaller versions of them from from far away yeah Uh, like they're they're really like minute like tiny designs where it's basically just like a dot of eyes in a circle head it's really cute still steven universe uses that that technique sometimes it's always that's what i was thinking the like farther away technique of getting rid of all the details I also, for the record, just love the design of the raven. He looks a lot like a dinosaur, but he's really cute. I love it. And his his head also feels very round, too. Yeah, it's very round. And very, like, you know, not not a lot of detail, but it's just, like, an adorable design. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, just every, every, like, so many endearing, like, fantasy designs, too, which we'll get into. Um, the, other, the other thing, the the music um, that really popped to me, um, just the, the, the general soundtrack behind the show, I think, is uh, it really sets the 
the kind of uh like uh eerie but not like bad uh fantasy vibe like engrossing and adventurous um but still like uh weird and unfamiliar i don't know i don't know if i'm describing right but like that's kind of the tone you get through all these creatures like even the trolls like where they're they're like uh scary but they're not um yeah they don't feel like super dangerous i guess well Um, think yeah think about trolls i always I think the trolls are very small creatures, but they're like giants. Yeah, yeah. The trolls, the trolls are really interesting in, in how they're presented here. Um, but yeah, yeah. The the music, and then another thing the show does, which um, really striking to me, is it licenses uh, a lot of songs. Um, the uh, over mm. over half of the episodes have a, a licensed song in there, which is pretty rare for, for I, animation. You know, um, I yes, didn't it. notice. I didn't notice. Like they don't songs don't seem very poppy or very commercial. So. It just goes over my head. I just it goes through the flow of the show, so I gotta rewatch it again to listen for the music because it yeah. did not sound like that to me. Yeah, they're integrated. They're integrated really well. Only two or three have lyrics, so those those are the ones mm-hmm. where you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, this is a, the real song. But there's there's a bunch of instrumental songs they use as well. Um, and uh, yeah, only only Mysticons um, is the only other major show that frequently licenses music that we that we cover. But you know, Final Space, Rick and Morty, uh, Bojack mm-hmm. occasionally do that. That. Um, but uh, yeah, this show does it majority of episodes, and I think that's really fantastic. And I think the the music choices. That that they have really enhance everything and uh just uh you know there's uh most prominent ones i think episode one um the 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 song is there is two has a really striking one as well and eight uh there's a montage we like go through almost an entire song in, yeah in um and, yeah and uh just really really love that aspect of the show too I will say this is one of those shows that I would like to track down some of those scores just because they're very they're like very chill but like so they just like put you in this nice like tranquil state of thinking and that like really enhanced with the visuals especially and it's almost a little bit of a shame that we had to binge the show because this would be because it's you know it doesn't have a really much in the way of a narrative progression it's a great show that i would imagine to pop on like once per night and just like get cozy and chill out too yeah, that's a great point. I think I think this isn't a brilliant really binge a binge type show. I think I think it's yeah. possible that it's like didn't play as well for us because we we watched it so frequently. Uh, like I think it might mm-hmm. play better like one a night. Well, um, I, I think this works as a binge if you're like caught in a blizzard and you have like a, <laughs> like two cups of hot chocolate and you, oh, you, you don't you don't have anything else to do. It's like just pop pop on a season of Hilda like that. Like, I think that it does work as a binge if you're in the right mindset. Yeah, yeah. I think so, you have to you have to not like want this this plot plotty type thing. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I, I have the, the those three songs I mentioned by the way. Um, episode was, was Lover by Kishibashi. Um, episode okay. two is uh, Fool by Frankie uh, Cosmos, and eight is uh, Back to You by Twerps. So there you go. Um, they're all, they're all in the credits too. Um, are they? So check them are they all Canadian? Um, no, I don't think they're, all the bands are Canadian or anything. The show oh. is very Canadian though, very uh, like yeah. animated and produced in Canada. Yeah, uh, yeah. really really great. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, any. Other like aesthetic comments. I feel like uh, it's kind of the thing we're gonna oh. be. Yes. Well, like the, the design of the fantasy creatures is interesting. Like the trolls are are rocks, uh, sentient rocks, but they they end up being portrayed as very menacing. Regardless, the Nisa are are, are interesting creatures. I don't think I've seen in other yeah. shows before, where they're like round and furry and have big mm-hmm. noses and just walk yeah. around. 
like and and the the wafts like the like i don't know how you describe them like float floating balls with wings or stuff. with like, like the puppy faces yes yeah okay. like so i i like the, the variety of fantasy creatures they put in here and they're creatures that i feel like they're designs that i haven't seen used in other shows before so that helps it to feel like a totally different world than what i'm mm-hmm. used to watching these kind of shows yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Let, let's go through all the creatures, um, because that's that's a, b- a big aspect of the show. Uh, the show the show has elves, um, yeah. but they're elves they're very, very prominently featured. Yeah, actually, very prominent and also, but, but they're un- I feel like they're unlike elves like we normally see them. Like they're tiny well, and invisible, and they are obsessed <laughs> with paperwork. Paperwork, are, yeah. paperwork. Well, elves are actually like so. Yeah, you like the, you like these elves, yeah. Alpha. Yeah. Um, alpha, yeah, and a similar sounding name too. Of an elf I like, yeah, yeah. somebody else. A, a I lot of think. a lot of elves and shows, <laughs> but I don't think it feels like uh, tread, treaded upon ground. Like I yeah. think that these 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 kind of feel unique here. Um, yeah, Alex, what do you think of the elves? Well, the, I I did the 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 weird detail of them being obsessed with paperwork was weird enough to be like, okay, this is unique as well. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. not something I would have expected. And they keep coming back to it too, so yeah. it feels consistent. And uh, yeah, I also like the whole uh, fanciful idea of like just creatures that are so tiny that we don't really notice they're there. Except if we sign paperwork to be able to see them, like it, it's just such a weird idea that saying it out loud like doesn't feel right. But like watching the show, it's like okay, sure, that makes sense. I, I and they, what... they managed to use it to their advantage in the later episodes of like them being tiny. That helps them to do various tasks. So I, I, I like the integration of the elves as unique as they appear in for the first couple of episodes i i don't understand why it took hilda and outvote so long for like hilda's mom or in her hilda's friends to sign the contract so they could see him like you should do that right away it's, you know if they know about his existence sign the paperwork instead of making and i don't think david but people are skeptical the of these uh, long terms and conditions steve and i think and, really and, so. and if jury's still out if david has signed a contract yet I, yeah probably doesn't seem like it yeah. um yeah, i think i think that's a nice way to integrate some amount of serialization into a mostly uh episodic show with the like which character can see alpha at this point and uh i, I think i think that works pretty well um yeah M- michelle what do you think of the elves I they grew on me at first. I was like, this is a lot of elves and they're very pesky <laughs> and like, just let them live in their house, guys. It's already been like three generations at this point. But our elf is special. And the fact that like they discover <laughs> different elves and like the amount of importance that paperwork of any forum has in their like immediate lives is hilarious to me. The postal system was great. They definitely grew on me over time. I really liked the concept by the end of the, of the first season. Yeah, I think I think when we like meet the lost tribe, I think that's uh really enhances the the elf yeah. stuff that, that's going on. <laughs> they too. don't know what to do with the hostage, so they like yeah. keep his hair nice from the books. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, is, is the is the David bug and hair gag the best gag in the show? Yes, right. It's it's, it's really great. Interesting. <laughs> most most consistently presented thing. Um, yeah, the, this these concept of that you need to like you immediately see them when you sign the the paperwork. I think there's they, there's really great moments throughout the the series with that. Um, I could use without the first episode. I think focusing so much on like the elves' political situation, um, like at times felt like a Brexit commentary to me. I don't know if that was intentional, but oh. um, like, oh, wow. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it very like compared to the rest of the show, it felt very like uh, political. So, but that, yeah, Steve. Yeah, interesting. The first episode had this like, had this like pilot short right before the main plot of the episode. 
Yeah, yeah, that was my favorite part of episode one was the lead up to the the intro sequence. Yeah, with the, everything with the troll. Um, and I think I think that's fantastic. But yeah, Alpha in general, he's like a really sympathetic character. I think we use him well throughout, and the elves are just this really cool concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other most prominent uh, fantasy ones are the trolls in this show. Um, kind of surprised we didn't like the trolls weren't like our final boss. Um, yeah, because yeah. like that wall. I mean, that has to be dealt with at some point. That's so like every troll we've seen has been totally misunderstood, and so like clearly that must be leading to something bigger. I hope so. I wonder yeah. if that's a take on the Great Wall of China. Well, but what if it's a take on the existence of walls in medieval society? <laughs> oh my god, so mm-hmm. yes. An emotional wall? Well, Is it metaphorical in that I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't want it, but I'm sorry. I just had a, couldn't help but think of Attack on Titan when I was thinking about that wall. Okay, no, no, no. I, I, could, I, I could see it, but yeah. yeah. You know how I feel about that show. There are trolls so. in the wall. Alex, what do you think of the trolls here? Well, I, I think they're fun. Like uh, the, the very first episode where you have the, the introduction of them and like setting up, okay, they it, at night they're very dangerous. During the day they can't do anything. That's fine. And then later on they like pop up again and again. You have the, ba- the baby troll rock that David deals with and the mama troll coming to to look for him and but we have set up already from the first episode that hilda is able to befriend even the trolls so like that that helps matters later on in the season so yeah i i like the trolls just as like a background menace but like not something that we need to lean on for villainy like it seems that they this show has done a good job of 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 uh, mixing up its antagonists per episode so I, I i appreciate that but yeah the, the trolls are nice i, I like i like sentient rocks you like yeah. sentient rocks as a fan of the steven universe yeah, I enjoy yeah. sentient rocks yeah <laughs> uh michelle what do you think of the trolls I like the trolls. I find it interesting that like two of the creatures we spend the majority of an episode with are just trying to get their babes back from people <laughs> being dumb. Like that's interesting that this keeps happening. But like the trolls, it's so sad. Like to keep them out of this nice little coastal area and to just have this like really intense reputation that everyone doesn't trust them. And to have the troll only break through to get its kid back and then immediately leave. Like you'd think that would cause a little like oh oh yeah, maybe we were wrong about trolls because we literally never see one because we keep them out all the time. But that might be, you know, a conversation later down in a future season. But I mean, that just from what we've seen, like the, the trolls have the potential for danger, but only if you really mess up in, you know, really catastrophic ways. But I mean, I wouldn't say Hilda's even necessarily like friends with any trolls at this point, but at least she knows that they kind of only just like do things when they're provoked or they need to like literally save their child. So I like the trolls. We don't really know a ton about them except for just the fact that humans really don't trust them. And I hope that comes back into play later. Yeah. Um, to me, the, the troll, like, the trolls are like the Daleks of the show. Like, they are like the most prominent, like, weird alien thing and like the, the clearest, like, threat. And it's like, okay. I, I just want to see more trolls. Like, I, like, I, like, in Doctor Who, like, I always want the Dalek episodes. Like, and like, <laughs> I, I was disappointed that we didn't get 
Trolls at the end of the season. Like, it feels like this is like the big threat in the world. Like, we have a whole wall to uh, keep keep us out from trolls. Like, whenever like there's, yeah. it definitely feels like we're in danger. Um, whenever there's mm-hmm. a troll on the screen, compared to maybe uh, other other threats in the show, which feel more fantastical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought they were I thought they were excellent. Um, and I think that they should if they, if we get more of the show, like totally should use use trolls more. Uh, and there's like and think- yeah, it's re- it's really interesting because like they're like these these big menacing threats and they feel dangerous. But at the same time, we see that they're sympathetic to a certain extent. I think the trolls and the giants are the two that have the most mythos for what we found. Like, yeah, the the trolls, because the humans literally created a wall to keep them out. And the giants, because, you know, they used to exist and then humans cropped up and they're like, oh, no, we're like, we're too big for this world. Now we have to leave. But they said in one of the first episodes that there's one giant that has to constantly keep watch for danger. And, and like, that's its whole job forever, basically. So I find that fascinating. Like, if all the giants leave, will disaster befall humanity? Like, I have a big question there, too. So there seems to be, like, a really deep mythos for both those creatures. And I want to learn more about both of them because both could have very big potential repercussions. Mm. Yeah. The speaking of the giants, that's another really problem. Yeah. One. yeah. The, the like elder giants or the giants of old that we saw presented in episode two. I think that's one of the most uh, f- like we we get their backstory of of how that works, and that's like yeah. one of the most fantastic mm-hmm. sequences. Yeah. Um, we meet another I think giant later that's like not the elder giant, and that's like he's a forest giant, and yeah. he gets insulted because he gets yeah. ignored for the bigger giants. He feels yeah. he's being discriminated against because of his size. Yeah, I, th- I think I think small. the like the giant, uh, the old elder giant that that one that we meet and uh, in episode two and the backstory and then him reuniting with the the other giant and uh, them like going off in the distance. Um, that was so good, so successful for me. Mm-hmm. All I, of that I to the extent to the extent where I think like episode two, I think is the best episode of the season. Um, I, I, just the, all because all of that giant stuff was so incredible. I like the roller coaster ride with the relationship with Tilda, how she does everything to befriend them and at the very end they destroy her house and don't really care they just yeah very interesting like dynamic how how they kind of wrote the house out of the show yeah <laughs> yeah alex what do you think of those those giants uh i i i like the giants i, I like that they managed to develop some kind of romance between oh my god like the mountain star, giant yes. like uh, we were I, you were waiting for me for, for hundreds of years and you but the, i i appreciate that sort of thing <laughs> but um actually just touching on what steve mentioned about like the stomping of a house something that the first two episodes had was the sense of because they're living out here in the wilderness the sense of danger of like jarring moments such as the giant stopping on the house after this lovely moment also in episode one where the 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 elves are wrecking their house and they have no idea what's going on they're just like like shouting like what's going on like those little moments felt like okay this this show is being a, a little bit more jarring than i expected it to be for like the cozy vibe but interestingly i feel like we never get to those those kind of moments later on in the show so at least for me episodes one and two feel a little bit more interesting and i wonder what the show would be like if it was just hilda in the wilderness without adding to this the whole going to the city vibe i wonder what that kind of show would be like yeah. because episodes one and two just feel different in tone to me than the rest of the season you know what they could do perhaps do some flashback episodes when she has adventures when she lived out in the woods yeah, that might be cool because I, I, I agree. I mean, maybe like the 
harshest thing I could say would be that I think the show was more exciting before we moved to the city. Um, I do feel like there was this uh, mythos to the to living in the wilderness that we a little bit lost. And then when we went back there, when um, like towards the end of, the, I think that that was like, right. The, the, the Woodman yeah, episode, with the, right? Oh, well, in the house in the woods. Woodman. Yes. Well, yeah. I, I think I think another thing. I, I don't know if we want to shift to talking about other characters, but for some reason, I feel like it, when the when the story shifts to Hilda with David and Frida, I'm less interested with than when it's just Hilda. Like, uh, there's something about their chemistry that never clicks for me throughout the, this show, down to the end, where like for the, they have the grudge between. Well, Frida ends up like causing problems in their relationship. Uh, then it's just Hilda and David for a bit, and then uh, Hilda, uh, da- um, Frida gets caught back together. But like all of that, I just never got invested in it. But okay, when so, it's so you, were, you weren't that so you weren't that into the ma- the main narrative arc that we end up getting in the season is this conflict between um, Frida and Hilda, and you, you say you're saying you weren't that invested in that. No, I, I when the show goes to Hilda dealing with magic stuff by herself or with Alpha or with her mom, I love that stuff because I think that Hilda on her own is just a much more interesting character than those other two, and if feels like those other two characters are kind of dragging her down i get the point to like adding to the hilda is the dealing with to, with humans like trying like trying to figure out how being a friend works with just normal people and i get that part of adding to her character i think in the end it ends up being a positive for her character but at the same time it's just not as flash as when it's just hilda yeah uh michelle what do you think of that were you invested in the conflict that we ultimately got and with between frida and hilda I mean, I was invested because it's like, wow, they didn't wrap this up in one episode. So, so yeah. it's really, it's a, it's a real thing. And mm-hmm. the fact that you know, Frida especially, she, I mean, I kind of hate that they like threw in this, like, oh no, there's this evil teenager that's literally forcing her to not hang out. Because I think like it would have been more interesting to just be like, yeah, like she, she, she might just like not be friends with you other again because that's something that happens. In relationships, especially when you're a kid. Um, but I mean, I liked the, you know, Hilda kept making a few efforts, but also like they kind of had to be thrown into a situation where they're like, no, no, no. Like, how are you doing? Like checking in with each other and be like, no, we, yeah, no, we, we do still want to be friends. Okay. Sorry for being dumb before on yeah. both sides. Like, yeah. I liked that it felt, I'm glad, because, like, there's so many shows where there really isn't much conflict between the main cast, or if it is, it comes, like, seasons and seasons down the road, mm-hmm. where it feels like the writers are like, oh, wow, they really, we need to do something. Maybe they fight each other? And this, like, felt, like, pretty normal. Like, yeah, once you're friends with somebody for a while, like, of course you're going to fight. I mean, that's just inevitable. So it was nice to see it be a thing that was tackled so soon. And especially to see how Hilda's, you know, perception of the potential friend breakup is very different from David because David and Frida go back way farther and they have way more history and they have different stakes in that case. And I like that it was different for everybody, what their relationships were. I, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking that episode ended um, when they, Frida and Hilda had their falling out. I was thinking, did, this was this adapted from a book. Like, did a book end? One of the books end with them not being friends. That's a pretty dark ending for a children's book. Yeah, I, I, th- <laughs> well, I, I think I think it's there. It was their attempt to tie the last several episodes yeah. of the show together. Like, I think that that was their yeah, main yeah. narrative thread, and yeah. it did feel it did feel really con- it felt really consequential coming off of a bunch of uh, episodes that didn't tie in tie tie but, it all to each other. Like I said, though, I'm glad though they. Both seem very mature in the whole situation. They had a little fight, 
but it it was not really a whole over dramatic thing like you see in a lot of other shows. Like when both sides got to be very stubborn and not realize any faults of their own. They 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 both realized that it's more it's part it's their fault too. It's not completely the other person's fault for whatever thing tore them apart. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was. I think I like how they're back together at the end. It was. It felt very mature. Everything we got into. Um, Michelle, how about Frida in general? What do you? We haven't talked too much about oh, that character. Oh, I love Frida. I love. I love that she has such a. I mean, because this was like she had a legit arc. I mean, I think David did too, to a smaller extent. But Frida really did because she came in knowing exactly who she was and always being the one in charge of things and being so organized. And then she just crumbles when she has the realization that like the the world doesn't work exactly the way she thought it did. In her case, the ghost literally cleaned her room and i love that frida's like secretly a really messy person i think that's amazing and the fact that like when david points it out like she's like fighting him on the ground like i did not see this side of frida but it feels so refreshing because she does have this very fiery spirit even though normally she's just very organized and cool and collected and for that to like bother her to the extent that like she doesn't show up for the final presidential election that she was like so ready to do and she isn't gonna come on the camping trip and like i mean that that says so much just because she she cared so much about getting badges and having this very certain sense of herself through the entirety of the earlier part of the season like to see her just like be so concerned about like what this means like not knowing herself and especially like she gets into how, like, she feels this clear pressure from her parents to be this perfect person. And the the real crux of, like, the struggle for her is not knowing how to essentially break the news to her parents that, like, she isn't that person. And that's, like, so interesting on top of how we view, you know, Hilda and her mom's relationship, where there aren't a lot of secrets. And they are really, you know, genuine with each other. Frida apparently is not super genuine with her parents because she feels all this pressure. And we don't really spend a lot of time with their parents. We don't know how that comes off. But I think, like, there's just, like, we learned so much about Frida in the last handful of episodes. And I think that's so interesting because, like, yeah, she is going to have to kind of be a new version of herself now. And that's totally new territory for her. And that is really hard to confront when you're not used to, like, having to worry about that. So I really like her. I'm really glad they did as much as they did with her this season. That was a very pleasant surprise. And I think she's a very strong character based on the other characters in the show. Like, definitely, you know, as interesting as Hilda, for sure. Nice. Wow. Yeah, I I love that analysis on... Uh, Frida and I think that's really awesome that we got into all those things at the end with her I thought she was a really sympathetic character and her and Hilda and David's relationship was awesome um, I think I think like I guess my 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 take would be that you described it better than the show presented it for me like the things okay. we got into at the end I feel like I didn't get all of that so directly from the show so I guess I would have liked to have gotten into those kind of things a little bit more specifically with like her and her parents and how it related to like how her worldview came apart with the ghost thing you know it felt like we only touched on that a little bit mm-hmm. she only she left a lot unsaid and it was more I feel like you you pick up how she responds to things after this this like crumbling of her worldview of herself that you really like start to understand what a big deal it truly is just because like I think for me like yeah they don't I don't spell a lot of things out but I do think they they have a really good subtle way of showing it just based on how she responds to future conflict after chapter nine 
Especially. Well, um, I I I want to say like I I think the show does spell it out and pre- mm-hmm. pretty like on the note like she literally says in the bedroom I don't know who I am anymore. A, nor- <laughs> yeah. a, a normal show it's maybe true. would leave that up to interpretation, <laughs> but this show just makes the character say like Yeah, I'm in a total existential angst right now, and so like I think that this show the problem isn't that it's too subtle, but like more like, it's too on the in on the nose. It says that here's my problem, and then we just move on. Like we just ignore. Hilda, um, ignore Frida for like two episodes and then we come back it's like oh, okay she has the nightmare lady now being her so-called friend so I, I think it's more an issue that because of the fact that at the end she kind of ceases to be a main character but because we don't have the time with her to really get that part of her character down like they just say it's like okay there you know let's move on right so so maybe it was um so uh, I think I think Michelle was describing it as more of like a thing that was ongoing in her life at the end. And yeah, maybe I didn't get that because she wasn't because she wasn't as present. Or we I, didn't we didn't get into it past that episode. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it's a serialization yeah, no, that's fair. thing. I think yeah. Yeah. Freya realized very quickly on that she really was she really wasn't mad at Hilda and and David. She should have been more more mad. She had her own issues. Her her issues there were more internal than external so i thought that was very in- interesting and i love how her she had her own like hilda moment when she kind of gave the little to- toy bunny back to that to that girl like to that mean girl like is that girl human i'm so confused she has oh, a mom, she has a mom. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't understand. understand i thought she was dead i didn't well, understand the, the rules of the Mar- Ma- namara the either Mara, so, yeah. yeah the maras yeah. I was so confusing. I think one well, that they were rec- were uh, the the impression I got was that they are recruiting uh, um, uh, Frida to become one. So I think that that's what yeah. happens. That like teen girls try to recruit a new generation of teen girls to continue the tradition of teen girl Maras. I think, I think the whole Mara <laughs> thing are they, are they was, human still though. I think it's a metaphor for something. I don't know what yeah, for, for <laughs> a meta- metaphor for like uh, <laughs> being a teenager. Because notice there's no normal teenagers in the show. It's just it's, it's they're kind of all just Mara. Once one one, one yeah. thing I noticed though, that girl Kelly, she had a Steven Universe shirt, so I so she yeah, can't be all bad. Yeah, she's a Steven Universe fan. Um, yeah, <laughs> because, it's, because it's, all shirts with a star are Steven Universe stuff. in our world. Yeah, that's true. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the Mara, so I think I think they come across as ghosts to start with the Mara, but yeah, I think it's it's more of a werewolf thing. Like it's like you're still like a person who's like cool. living, but it's like a thing that affects you. I don't know. The, the, oh, the show think- the show is not clear about that. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. you know what thing I noticed too? Like every kid we meet seemingly is an only child. There's no like like siblings, no younger siblings or older siblings. There's nobody has like any brothers or sisters. Like everyone's an only child. That's true. I can't think of any siblings. <laughs> this saw. economy, who can afford to have more than one child? <laughs> yeah, I mean, be, also uh, bes- besides our three, our main cast of three, do we really know any other kids in their families? See, I mean, we see some other kids, but we don't dive into them. But still, much, three right? kids. Exactly. But so, still, like, three. But still, three kids, all only child. That's still like that is that isn't that is notable. Yeah, usually you see people with siblings on TV. Um, Alex, how about David? What do you think of uh, the David character? He he's similar, uh, like same thing as Frida. Like to me, he just comes off as kind of flats. The, the, they're both flat characters. Like this is the character that's kind of like, ooh, I don't know, we should be doing this. And then, like slowly by the end, he's he still has that, but he's like a little. He just trusts. Hilda more after all their adventures, but it feels like he never really shakes that off. 
So like he 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 doesn't bother me, but he just seems like a character that goes through the least of these three characters in terms of developments or interest. Yeah, and they get so much screen time for not having a lot of yeah. development. I don't understand that. Why does David have so much screen time? He does stand up to those witches, or they're not witches, whatever. The Mamara. I always think them those witches yeah, for some maybe. reason. And he's he's pretty uh, he's cool when he's captured by the elves too. I okay, yeah. I'll defend David. David's great. Defend he's, David, please. David, he's he's uh, like this is a character. It's like oh, it's the annoying uh, boy who's with the group. He's like or he's the scaredy cat boy. But I think David has some depth to him. I think that he's uh, he's not just he's like he's fearful of things. He's like anxiety and stuff, and it's like relatable. And now he's, he's, he feels like he's messing up and and can't deal with uh, like when he's trying out for the auditions. He also has this like lovely singing voice. He has these hidden talents. I think his interactions with the two of them are, are really good. He's like a loyal friend, and I think he does grow more creative. I think this bug gag with him, I think, is really good. Um, um, like, I think his parents are kind of interesting. We don't really get into them too much, but they're kind of interesting. But they get more screen time than uh, Frida's parents. Frida's parents, well, Frida's parents at least have a thing, like we know about. Uh, they have like a like a, they're like strict and stuff. Um, but I yeah, think- I was I wasn't really looking forward to the David character, but I think that he was completely fine. Yeah, maybe I would have liked more Frida, less David, but I think David was. Yeah, was, uh, I do have was a- entertaining. I do have a theory one of my morals, but if we get into that later. No, okay, no more theories. We don't have time. For no, no, I have theory um, one of the characters, the one that gave David a, that, that targeted David in that episode. Yes. I think a possibility she could be the older sister of one of the the kids that blonde girl that blonde girl that was throwing rocks with the other kids in the episode. Okay, in the very beginning. Okay, yes. that's a deep, it's a deep pull. Um, yeah. Okay, good theory. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's possible. I assume people are related. It well, it's interesting. Trollberg kind of seems like a small town, but then it also seems like the biggest uh, city in the planet when it's got like all these things within its walls. Uh, it's like, well, this city is uh, apparently really big. Why does it have like all these city specific uh, functions well, and like weather yeah. casts and like it has this? Yeah. But it's, it's anyway, that's something I never thought of. I just thought of it now. I just thought of that. Okay, good, so. good. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, Twig, we haven't talked about Twig. Who is uh, the deer, deer fox companion of Hilda and is the best thing ever? And cute, cute. I love Twig. Very uh, good boy. Yeah, need the Twig blush, and uh, it's yeah, this is a, 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 a great design, and her uh, Twig and Hilda are like really cute, and it's it's fantastic. And Twig uh, also is very protective, and yes. he and, and yeah. he has the antlers to like back that up. So I, I, <laughs> a little, yeah, slight, slightly menacing. Yeah. Oh, he yeah he. He kind of reminds me of Max from the Grinch in terms of with the antlers. Okay, nice. Okay, but those antlers are fake. These okay? are, these are though, real yeah. antlers. Don't, don't you dare compare Twig to that. Are you offended on behalf of all Deer Fox? Okay. <laughs> yes, I'm offended on trying to compare this to the Grinch's dog. Yeah. Okay, and, he's and, fine, and, but like, okay. <laughs> we love Twig. And uh, we talked yeah, about Alpha. And uh, Wo- Woodman, we've we've said we like the Woodman. Woodman, yeah. I love Woo. Woodman. He is so he's a very tough customer in terms of being able to get along with him, but he's also really great, and he's got a great sultry voice. Who voices him? Yeah, he's very I, apathetic and doesn't really give yeah. off emotion, which is really great. I, I like him. Well, no, I, I, like, I, I like that part too. Like, I think that yeah. makes it funnier. I like his voice. I, 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 who voices him? I just want to know. Like, Twig, Twig is voiced by Akko Mitchell. No, not um, Twig. Yeah. Uh, the Woodman. Or, yeah, Woodman is voiced by Akko Mitchell. Yeah, he's, okay. he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. That voice really pops. That character really pops. His, like, kind of antagonism towards Hilda, but there's still some sort of, <laughs> deep down, some sort of concern and caring. <laughs> uh, and, like, him narrating, I think, the ending, too, is, is really great. 
Um, wow. Yeah, just when you when you when Hilda runs into him again, it's like yes, Woodman, yes, for <laughs> Woodman, go on an adventure together, get locked in a house, yeah. Woodman, Jeez, and like okay. him bringing out like, hey, you've gone city. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, it's so good. Like it's so like low key passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Um, I, I, I agree with Woodman in all cases. So yes. he's playing poker too. Or yeah, um, he's great. Okay, uh, uh, quick quick hits through the other creatures we talked about. We talked about Mara enough. Yeah, they're they're, they're really striking creature. The wolves, as as mentioned, I, I feel like we could have had more wolves. I think that they're this. Really I, I think they're wolves, aren't they? Wolves? I think they're wolves. I don't remember. I mean, dog wolves and their dog their dog bird things like wolf. Like that's the yeah. Uh, I mean, they don't bark. They're, they're supposed they're, to be these skirt. dog things. They're supposed they to be these don't dog bark things. too. Yeah, oh, but um, they, they didn't do that much. They're in oh, the beginning and stuff. What um, about the Nissa? The Nissa, yeah. Yeah, um, this, uh, the Nissa and like the in between space too. I thought that yeah. was really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the uh, yeah, we get into them uh, at the end, and then it's like, oh, they've been there this whole time. There, there's. Uh, <laughs> But the, 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 yeah, just the 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 the, the, every, the one and the mythology behind them and the the space in between everything, and then we go into like the outside space too at the end. I think that's really yeah. Good. But they do remind me a little too much of the elves. Not saying it's a bad thing, just saying cinema element of them sort of being hidden from the public view. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't. I guess I wasn't too in love with everything. Anything we did with the Nissa, we did, I don't think we got into like a ton of a ton of depth with them. But I do, I do think they're like a really interesting uh, concept and Hilda's interactions. with The Hilda's Nissa lit. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of like very pointed homeless person commentary going on with them that was very overt and fascinating to me to get into for the show. Yeah. Did what was, what was the so? What was the message though? That I don't you were know. Trying to say the message. Like to help people and not assume that if you live on the street, you're a bad person and you did something wrong, and to have more compassion. That was my takeaway, and I think that's a great takeaway. And especially in these times, I yeah, because I, I remember the mom was saying things like, "Oh, he must have done something wrong," and like, "Don't don't talk to him. Like he's dangerous," and like all this stuff. And it's like, oh man, this I feels want- so relevant. I wanted to know what happened to Hilda's Nessa and his like. Pet, did they leave? Because uh, that Nissa, yeah, they're they're, 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 they're at, the, at the end. They're, they're walking around. But yeah. Hilda, like, be- he let the the Nissa she befriended live with her. And isn't like a whole plot thing the two Nissas cannot get along? Can well, I? No, but at, at the end they show that the her original Nissa had went yeah. off into the forest with her oh. dog. So therefore, there's now there's space. For oh, the okay. So, okay. Conflict when they get back, but yeah, for now they're <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, okay. I like that, Michelle, with the the, the homeless uh, commentary. I, I do, I do agree with that. There, we're getting into that a little bit. Um, so nice. Uh, we also have uh, spirits. I think throughout this uh, this show, various types of like weather spirits and a water spirit. Um, and I, th- I feel like there's like a lot more depth to, to 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 like the spirits in the world. I think there's a lot more to get into. Um, there mm-hmm. felt felt very kind of like Shinto culture. Um, with what we're doing here. Um, so I thought yeah. that was interesting. Like, does everything have a spirit? Like, yeah. Um, is it, is it, is it, are there certain types of like natural elements? I don't know. I think, I think that was, uh, what we saw of that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's uh, like the worm the that looks, oh. yes, the worm's good too. Yeah. The worm's so cool. She's a dragon worm basically for plants, a, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, she likes gardening. Yeah, that's she cute. can't get the normal plants because of her city anxiety and social interactions. And the, I love that. And the whole Nissa like space thing that 
doesn't it remind you a bit of scissors in Star, like the whole dimensional scissors. I, I yeah, they, they, they kind of yeah, they kind of go in like these portals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also like in the in the in the intro, she goes she like this. It goes in the space in between and comes out like it's like oh, this is there the whole time. Like that's really cool. Um, yeah, the, the all the the various spirits. I mean, and Raven, we've talked about Raven a little bit already, but um, I think he's a, a great character too. Who's actually yeah. a Thunderbird? So the, yeah, thing is never explained though. Is it? Could he only talk to certain humans? It, that's he can talk never, to anyone. He just I, chooses not to talk oh, to everyone. Well, how can he do, how can Joanna really seem never could understand him at first in his debut episode? He just didn't want Did to talk, talk to her. To her, I, I don't think he wanted to talk to, to her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he didn't trust her. Maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. All he right. Did so. keep him out of the apartment and put him on the window seal, so I don't blame him. All right. Yeah. Well, right. before that, though, so uh, and he had a chance to talk to her. I, I don't know. It's a little confusing in the beginning to me, but well, he told her, I think she told him like not to tell, like not to say anything to anyone else until she got yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. That, was, was that was that was that was what that right? was. Yeah. 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 Okay. Alex, you're saying it's WAF because it's spelled W O F F. Is that your proof? <laughs> yes, that is my point. Spelled, okay. It's spelled. I guess WAF it would be spelled O, o two O's for WAF. Okay. Anyway, I, I'll concede, but I don't really understand. Um, they're, well, regardless, they're cool. And uh, okay, last last thing uh, quickly. Episodes that stand out. I brought up two. Um, I think I think we've all were high on the giant stuff. Um, Alex, uh, favorite episode. Uh, I think episode two is also my favorite. Although I do think episode eleven deserves praise because uh, is that the the yeah. woodman one? Because what it's just Hilda in the not in the wilderness, so like she just gets to interact with stuff around her without humans around to bother. Uh, the woodman is a great uh, comedic foil for for Hilda, and the uh, the house framing device itself is interesting. Uh, although I feel like I've seen the story before of like okay, just think of enough things and the and the magic thing will. Malfunction. I feel like that's a trope that's been done before, but still, it was it, it was funny enough with Hilda and Woodman to be around to to work, and then also the 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 Elf um, Postal Express thing is is a pretty good gag too to throw <laughs> in, and also the poker stuff. So yeah, I think that episode eleven works best in terms of the comedy of this show, and episode two works best in terms of the emotion of this show. Yeah, I, I would have liked the house thing to be explained. We kind of just left uh, left it out, let, left it to sit there. Fun. It does. We don't know why it's there. That's I why guess. it's mysterious. That's I mean, exactly that's why I'm mysterious feel. at first, but it didn't, didn't culminate in anything. Mm-hmm. That's okay Oops. though. It didn't have to. It's just a, but, it's just and, a mystery. Look, and look at how, how clean the, the ending was. It's like all I was wanting you to do was to wish to go home. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's just trying to do. It's trying to be helpful, man. It just needs you to be very specific. Is it a good house? Is it? Yeah. I don't, okay. Anyway, Michelle, uh, other favorite episodes? Uh, I really like Chapter Eleven, House in the Woods. Chapter Two, Midnight Giant is great, but also Chapter Eight, the Tide Mice. I think is great because it's one of the ones that gets like kind of dark. Yeah. And and there are like legit repercussions if it didn't work out. And they were like down to the wire on that one. She almost stole her mom and her friend's souls forever. Mm-hmm. And I I love I love the idea of these mice. You do this incarnation and then they float up and then they help and they like get people their dreams basically. And I like that she she like misread the book. Like, how do you keep a friend forever? And she's like, oh, okay, cool. But actually, like, how do you literally keep a friend forever and ever and ever? <laughs> I I just I feel like it was a really well paced episode. I, I liked that it got pretty dark. 
And I like the idea of these magical mice that can help people out. And the fact that, like, you know, he they still got to do the concert well. The mom still got to have that awesome graphic design job doing all the billboards over the city. Like, they still got good things out of it. So it's like a win-win. Yeah, usually that resets at the end. Yeah. It's yeah, usually nice like, that stuff. But, like, no, they, they still did the good stuff. It worked out. And the mice went back with her. So, like, maybe she can use them in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, uh, Steve. Any other another episode that pops uh, to you? Well, well. First of all, I do want to second Michelle on that one. It had also had yeah. an ca- interesting ca- this character, the librarian, who we haven't talked about. Yes. Yeah, she's I really liked cool. her. Cool design. I think she looks awesome. We don't know learn much about her, but I would definitely like to get to know her. But besides that, um, episodes that weren't mentioned, probably the. F- First Memora episode, episode I think six. Yeah, Nightmare Spare. Yeah, because I just love the whole the whole cult thing that they seem to be demonstrating, <laughs> and also they seem like witches to me. And you know how much I love witches, so yeah, the, cl- the closest thing to witches. Okay, yeah, they yeah. remind me of the kids, the uh, kids from Craig the Creek, but only they're for real. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just a good point. And they're mean yeah. though, so they're, mean. they're not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my top my top three episodes are number one, the Midnight Giant. Um, two, we haven't talked about the Storm. Number ten, um, that's the most narratively successful episode to me. Um, and I just love the this character of the the meteorologist, and then Hilda going up and like cashing things out with the the weather spirits. Um, I think, that and, episode, and then the realization that she's keeping a baby is <laughs> like, what in the world are you doing? It's pretty dark. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like, it's kind of like a contrite plot, like. Definitely, it's like, oh, the person is hiding a thing, and it's like, uh, you know, we do the baby thing and other things, but um, just like uh, visually striking, narratively interesting, the storm. And then, yeah, my number three would be the Tide Mice as well. I think that episode's really <gasps> Yes, Tide Mice! Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> and, <laughs> glad well, you're high on it, too. Also, the storm also has the never meet your heroes message. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I love. I also love. I just love how we build up to the storm. She's listening to the forecasts and various other episodes, and then like we, it's like this is so random. Like this, there's this like person who's specifically yeah. doing this for this one city and like making these highly specific forecasts, and like it pays off. I think that's so fantastic. Uh, I, I also just want to have. I maybe I mentioned this earlier, but in the bird parade, I, I think that's a pretty good episode too. But I, I especially like the climax where it's like it's like the 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 mom the mom being like. Hey, 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 like you, you don't. It, it, I wanted you to make friends, and then Hilda's explaining herself, like, yeah, but they were throwing bir- rocks at birds, and mom yeah. is just like, well, you know what? I'm proud you did make friends with them. Like, uh, <laughs> that, the, just that, that little scene at the end, like, make, makes that entire episode worth it. And the whole like bird, the raven, like trying to, he's amnesiac. <laughs> he can't really remember who he is. Like, mm-hmm. I found that pretty charming as like a, st- a story to follow around. So I think that that was a successful intro to Trollberg as a city. Yeah, I agree with that. It's yeah. a really good mythos behind the city. So I think there's a, a good introduction there. Um, okay, we've, we've covered it all. Um, we're all very high on Ooh. Hilda. Michelle, final thoughts here. I really hope this gets the second season. I'm very tempted to buy the graphic novels just to see the style again and to see if the stories are like verbatim what the episodes are or if things are like maybe darker. I don't know. Because I do feel like sometimes when it gets dark, they do still kind of pull back and twist it around to make it a little more lighthearted. And I don't know, maybe that's fine. I, I am older than the target audience for this. So mm-hmm. my desire for it to go dark might not be fair, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm i very high on it. I mean, I think I might want to go back and spend some more time with episodes that I feel like I kind of rushed through to get done with everything because like th- there was an episode that like felt bad to me. They all were pretty tight. Yeah. Um, 
So I think that's something to be worth said too. But yeah, I was very pleasant. I didn't know about this a month ago. And for a thing I just saw that I became aware of, this was like pretty solid all in all. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad it exists in the shell yeah. 2018. Nice. Okay. Um, Alex, final thoughts. It's a very cute show. Uh, it's a very comfy show. We've compared it to a show like Craig of the Creek. I feel like that's the closest comparable you have for a show like this. Where like it, it just it, it treats its characters with respect. It doesn't really feel like it follows dumb plots. And like while while it's using fa- fantasy elements, it still feels grounded enough where like there's a lot of relatable stuff to to latch on to. So and overall, it, it's it's a very it's a successful series in what it's trying to do. It strikes a, a unique tone compared to other shows out there, and I definitely think it's it's worth a watch if you if you want something that's maybe a bit lighter in mm. in brain working as opposed to maybe the shows that try to go for a deeper narrative. Like this show isn't trying for that just yet, and it doesn't need to because the the feel it's going for, it's very successful in that particular feeling. I think Luke Pearson did a great job with the, with this adaptation. Mm-hmm. Nice. St- Steve, final thoughts. Oh, great show. Um, I also interested in maybe checking out the books. I, I want to know if Joanna has a name in that version. Um, I, I but I, I said Hilda though is a great main character. She's a, it's an actual character who doesn't suffer from main character syndrome of being like the least interesting character mm, in the yeah. series. And, um, also more Mamara. So. Okay. Look. More Mara. So Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, Hilda was, Hilda was incredible. I think just, um, even, even if there's no more of this, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is true, but I, I like in my head, the show took like years to make, like, I don't know. It's just, it just comes across so well. Um, yeah. so intricate, so intricately made. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's this, this, this show compares favorably to other, uh, new shows that have premiered this year, maybe the maybe even the best one, this or Craig of the Creek. Like uh, it's it's so good. I mean, it hasn't had time to to like grow like Craig has, but um, it's just uh, just so so visually uh, uh, striking and so like complete of a show. Um, I do think it's like held back narratively a little bit, even though it's like very narratively competent and uh, good at times. I think we could we can go for some more complex things here, um, some more serialization, and it would really uh, enhance the show a lot. It doesn't need to like not be what it is. It's it's it is you know it is it's like this. This, this comfy simplistic show and i think it is what it is but um we could we could dial it up a little bit like i think in the middle episodes i got lost a little bit and just uh um kind of the uh the four to to whatever the four to eight range of just the the uh episode specific plots over and over so um yeah i think uh just really great show um definitely going to be revisiting these episodes just to see them again um and yeah i agree no no bad episodes here yeah and, uh, just just, just really fantastic. Really enjoyed checking out Hilda this weekend. And uh, let us know what you guys thought of Hilda as well at OverlyAnimated.com or on our YouTube, YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. Leave comments there. Um, let us know what you thought. We have a Hilda channel up in our Discord, OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. Come talk about the show there as well. And uh, you can consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Hope, a.k.a. Katara. And thank you to our patron executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Hugh. Um, busy Netflix uh, releases these past few weeks. Check out our Dragon Prince season-long podcast, our continued BoJack Horseman coverage. 
and everything else at uh, overlyanimated.com. Luke Pearson, Luke Pearson was a storyboarder on Adventure Time. You can go find our Adventure oh. Time finale discussion yes. from a while yes. ago. <laughs> There you go. Really? <laughs> yeah, not that, not that. Still, still uh, prominent. All, all our Adventure Time co- finale coverage. You check that out as well at overlandmedia.com. Um, yep. Thanks, guys, for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Okay. Adios. Bye. Bye.